Hello and welcome to Demo Tapes, the music podcast which hits rewind on the careers of some of the world's biggest bands and artists. I'm Rick Martin and this, my co-host, jingling all the way on this Christmas special, is Sarah Jane Kemp. Jingle, jingle, jingle. Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, yeah, so we are rewinding ourselves this time, aren't we? Yes. We're looking back at the whole year. It's been a very quick year, I think. Don't know about you. It's gone. It's, it's been bonkers. Lots, lots has happened. Lots has gone on. We've started this podcast. You know, everything's been busy. But it's always a good time to kind of reflect at this time of year and look back at what kind of made you happy during the year. I think with this being uh, December being Christmas, we thought we'd uh, also uh, give the episode a little bit of a Christmas flavour a little bit later on. Um, in true kind of festive style, we'll talk through our favourite Christmas songs from, from down the years. It's probably a harder job for me than Sarah, given that uh, I hate Christmas songs. So this has been I a- also hate Christmas songs. Did you know that? No, I don't think you knew that. I don't, I, 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 don't, I, I don't like Christmas. I'm going to Miami in three days' time to get away from Christmas because I'm just a bit of a Grinch. There are some Christmas songs that I like. We'll get on to talk about this later. But generally, I'm not really a fan. Also, I was thinking in the car the other day, every year, when, when are there going to be new Christmas songs? Like Every single year, it's almost like you wheel out a, a party packet of old Christmas CDs and, mm. and, and they're just played over and over and over again. And yes, great for nostalgic reasons, but actually, when does that come to an end? When, when do we have to stop listening to it? I think that's part of the, re- part of the reasons I don't like Christmas anymore is because it just feels like Groundhog Day. So I, I am a fan of Christmas, but I think, yeah, the Christmas songs, I know what you mean. There's not been many added to the pile in recent years, has there? There's been, it's the same ones that kind of go round and round. And I find that odd, given around this time of year, I always sit there and think, I should write a Christmas song, because it, it, <laughs> because it's your pension, isn't it? If you think about... You should be the guy on, uh, uh, what is it, you should, uh, Love Actually, Christmas is all around Well, you. but that, that's what that was a parody of, wasn't it? The Good fact night. that if you, write, if you write one of those, it kind of stays forever, you know, Wizard. Who can name any other Wizard song other than I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day? No, no idea. You can't. But anyway, I, th- I think the other, um, the other element to think about here is, you know, this is the end of the series for us. This is episode 12 and, and the last episode of this series, but we're not going to go away for long. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> we're not going away for long. We had a bit of a meeting about it yesterday, didn't we, Rick, over, over lunch, um, a, beige, a very beige lunch with talk about Rick's lunches another time no, we might no, have nothing, already mentioned them <laughs> nothing from the rap cookbook <laughs> no, definitely nothing from the big rap cookbook he needs to take a leaf out of that book quite literally um but we're we're excited about what we're going to do next year we haven't quite finalized it to be honest have we we've got some ideas floating around but we want to mix things up a bit and make things a bit just keep things exciting and interesting basically so stay tuned for that next year we're 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 going to go over the christmas period and do a bit of planning and i can't wait to kind of start that next year we're, we're not sure when we'll probably be we might take a little bit of a break over the christmas we're going to take season. we're going to take a few weeks break and yeah. then then we'll come back and we're thinking different formats different types of guests um try some new things you know we we started this um i guess as a bit of fun and it's still a bit of fun uh, 12 weeks ago with the Arctic Monkeys. You know, when I discovered that tape of the Arctic Monkeys interview, I thought it was lost forever. Here we are, 12 episodes kind of down the line. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to kind of see uh, see where it takes us. But, yeah, let, let's, I guess let's kick into yeah, well, this, let's week, about this, Christmas. Week, this week's episode. What, what, what have you been up to over the, the, the festive period so far? So far, well, to be honest, it was my... I've had a bit of a, 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 a mental one, to be honest. Like, it was my boyfriend's birthday on the first week of December, mine on the second week, my friends the day after. We had our Christmas party. We've had 
I've had Christmas dinner with friends, Christmas drinks with friends. So this week is the first week I haven't had a drink since Friday night and I'm feeling amazing and I'm sleeping well, preparing for my holiday um, in a couple of weeks, which I'm going to Miami for a week and it's literally going to be a week of kind of relaxing yoga, recharging the batteries because they are well and truly flat at the moment. I don't know if you can hear listeners, but we are both a little bit ill at the moment. We're struggling with colds, yeah. <laughs> struggling with colds. So if you hear us sniffing, it's, it's me <laughs> inhaling like from my Albus inhaler. So rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> so rock and roll. But yeah, no, that's, I mean, I've kind of, that's all I've been up to. I went to see Lauren Hill the beginning of December um so I've done I've been pretty busy it feels like December I mean what are we now we're, we're like on the 19th of December now when we're as we're recording and I literally can, cannot believe 19 days have passed since the 1st December yeah and that's me but what about you yeah so I guess similar for me quite a busy time I've got kids um so it's kind of arranging stuff with them getting presents all that Santa sort of stuff sacks ready. yeah getting Santa's sack ready um well, I will say over the weekend, and this is obviously completely non-music related, although the music in the film is pretty good, I went to see Home Alone again. And when I say I see it again, I'd never seen it at the cinema before. I'd always seen it, um, kind of half-watched it, I guess, um, on TV around this time of year. And I feel like I finally cracked and understand the plot now. <laughs> what? So How many I've, times have you seen it? Probably 20, 30 times. One of those times, films, isn't it? Right? Yeah, it's always on it. But I feel like when I've seen it before, I didn't fully understand how the plot fit together. So let me explain what I mean by this. Go on, So I never fully understood how exactly they left Kevin behind, Kevin being Macaulay Culkin's character. Yeah. I get it now. So there was two, well, two things that contributed to this. The power went out. So they had a power cut the night before, right? Okay. And a guy, as they're all getting into the, the taxi to the airport, because they're in a rush, because that means that they're alarms don't go off so therefore they all sleep in so they're all in a rush he says oh your phones aren't going to be back up for a couple of days either and that's an important plot point because it means they can't ring uh, kevin when they're over in france point two how did they miscount the kids do you know how they miscounted the kids no so a kid from across the street who's also going on holiday somewhere else goes up to the cab driver and is bothering the cab driver about i think it's something to do with with the makeup of the car or something like that so when one of the Home Alone families, the McAllisters, uh, does a head count. She accidentally counts the back of this kid's head in a hat, and oh. obviously assumes you it's know Kevin. What? I always did wonder why they'd, how you how you would leave a child at home when you're going on holiday. I mean, I know there are a lot of them, so it's probably a little bit easier to understand than most times. But I always thought, <laughs> you know, very irresponsible parenting. That's interesting. Do you know? I'd never even thought that. Any, have you? Have you? Did you guys know that that was the plot? I mean, I think, I think there's still some massive plot holes in it. So the thing I don't get is they're obviously ringing around the neighbours when they get to France to say Kevin's, you know, home alone and they can't get hold of the neighbours. The ones across the street have gone on holiday. But they must have known someone else in Chicago who could have gone round and sorted things out. It cannot have been. They only knew <laughs> the phone numbers of people um, on, on their own street. I've also got a bone to pick with the drive that um, Kevin's mum does with the John Candy character is in that band that they're at the airport and they say oh, we can give you a lift so I actually during the film went on Google Maps and checked uh, how oh far it God. is from Dallas all the way up to Chicago and actually I was um, I did see an American friend the other day and I mentioned this to him and he said well you need to factor in the fact that on Google Maps now it will tell you that it's 14 hours it's a 14 hour drive right yeah that doesn't factor in like rest stops even even if they're rotating the driving they've still got to go for meals and toilet breaks right so you might want to add on three or four hours onto that and he also pointed out 
the American speed limit would have been different and the roads would have been different back in kind of 1990. You're so it would have taken here even me, longer. So it would have been more like a 24-hour drive oh than thought. a 14-hour drive. But so it's a film. I have this argument with someone all the time and, and, and they're like, yeah, it's just, it's just a film or it's just a TV programme and I have to get back in my box and think, okay... Who is going to really think about it in that much detail? Well, now we know, guys. Rick well, thinks yeah, about know. it in that much detail. So what's next? You're one of those like, anoraks, aren't you, that sits on those websites and, and goes through all the loopholes and plot holes in... in um... Only in a very small number of films. This in Jurassic Park, probably. But anyway... No, we don't... We, I'm not... Sorry, I'm not even... <laughs> I can't even go there. We're not here to talk about this. Well, we're here to talk about Home Alone, but not Jurassic Park. Um, I love... So since we're talking about Christmas films, just quickly, I saw Elf the other day. It was on ITV. And I'd just walked in. I'd, be, I'd taken my mum to a spa for the weekend for her Christmas present. Lovely daughter, I know. And literally walked as I walked through the door, the uh, turned the TV on and the credits were starting up, and that's my favourite Christmas film. So I do feel a bit bit more Christmassy now. So I guess it's probably a good point. Um, we, you know, we're going to return to Christmas songs a little bit later on in the episode, but um, we thought the best way to kind of wrap up this year, wrap up this series, um, uh, and I guess talk about bring it back to music is to talk about our year in music. Um, and I have to admit, a couple of weeks ago, this was made a lot easier. I was in um, Malta of all places and then received an update from Spotify that said if you log into this website called Spotify Wrapped, it tells you kind of all the things you need to know about your year in music. So how many hours of music you listen to, uh, what your top tracks were, which artists you listen to the most, how long you spent listening to those artists, which again, for a kind of geek like me, a nerd like me, uh, I, I found um, quite interesting, quite, quite an interesting thing to do. So... Uh, who wants to go first, Sarah, out of the two of us? Well, I think you should go first. Okay, so I have actually, Russell Paper, yep. brought in, it, it gives you quite a, a useful, uh, I guess you call it e-card or something, around the things that you've uh, you've listened to over the year. So uh, I listened to over 14,000 uh, minutes of uh, music, which I thought was quite high until I went on Twitter and saw that people were you know, doubling, quadrupling, uh, that people must have had Spotify literally on non-stop. I mean, if they had the headphones well, on for the they, whole time. Well, yeah, if they, if they play in an office or something, then you're more likely. Interestingly, I know we're going to do each other separately, but I just have to say, mine is double that. So how much was yours? 28,423. That is odd that it's almost so entirely So it's pretty double. much double, yeah. yeah. So you... Ooh, I wonder why that is. Quality rather than quantity. Maybe yeah, you said that part. the other day, but I don't think that's true. Um, I think I listen to it when I'm running. I listen to it when I'm in the gym. I listen to it when I'm working, commuting. Which, I that, kind of listen to it, and, and when I'm at parties. So I, I do have a few more parties than you. Let's say I'll put it on when I'm at parties. <laughs> well, I don't have any mates, do I? So. So I don't get invited to parties. But um, yeah, I think yeah, I think that's an interesting point you make. That I probably carve out different times in the day to listen to music so I can't listen to music at work so whenever I have this running joke at work that whenever I put Spotify on say an album just come out I want to listen to the minute I hit play someone will come over and bother me and then I'll start again and then someone will come over and bother me so I've probably mm-hmm. got to a point where I've given up on listening to music at work you know I listen to quite a lot of podcasts so probably that probably eats into my music listening time I guess mm-hmm. key times for me would be commuting probably driving would be another one um, and then the gym but Maybe maybe this suggests I've not been to the gym as often as I should have been. Do you know what? Just talking about podcasts, did did it tell you um, any podcast you'd listened to on Spotify? So it made, made me laugh on mine because it said um, I'd listened to Stuff You Should Know and it said, and you also dug demo tapes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, of course I did. <laughs> Has anyone up. ever heard of demo tapes? Because I really dig it. 
I love that bit. That made me laugh out loud, actually. But sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm taking you. I'm taking your thunder here. So yeah, I guess in terms of uh, top artists, probably no surprise given the subject of this podcast, Arctic Monkeys came out on top. Apparently, I spent 22 hours listening to Arctic Monkeys this year. I imagine a large proportion of that would have been Tranquility Base, Hotel and Casino. Maybe some of it was the research for for this um, this podcast, and probably no surprise they've had a massive year. You know, I think uh, we argued this on an earlier episode about the kind of merits of, of that new album, but um, I'm still absolutely obsessed with it and in fact uh, we'll come on to the top songs in a minute but American Sports on the album is in my top five uh, played songs this year. Beach House, another top artist, not surprised. Uh, they landed there. Thing was down my throat with this one. I mean yeah, still for <laughs> me, probably my favourite band probably my favourite band of all time. They're probably entering that that kind wow. of um, sphere now and two of their songs uh, appeared in the, the top five. One I can't pronounce which is French which is Le Iconnu think it's called it's the one that's kind of got the hymnal um backing vocals can you sorry what was it called Le <laughs> i wish you could see his face he's kind of like when he goes up at the end of the word his face goes up he's looking at the ceiling and then lose your smile which i think is probably one of the best songs ever it's written. a bit dreary, dreary title, it is, isn't it, it? Is. lose your smile don't you want people to smile uh not not all music is for is for being happy is it i don't know does it make you happy? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think probably that's the thing with me. The more depressing it sounds, the happier uh, it makes it makes me. Cabbage, um, I don't think we've really spoken about. They're a Manchester band, um, sort of quite, I guess you'd call them indie punk, quite outspoken, um, quite political in terms of their um, lyrics. Um, and I saw them live, actually, in the summer at a festival called Neighbourhood Weekender in Warrington. But to me, it was basically, I called it Ladstock, because it was lad rock bands from kind of uh, from kind of down the years, everyone from, you know, the Cortinas and Star Sailor to the Pigeon Detectives. And I don't even know if they were on the bill. I think they were. <laughs> I, think, I think they were. Um, Twin Peaks, another band we I don't think we've really spoken about. Um, you aware of who t- Twin Peaks are? Do you know are? what? I'm no. Sure you've heard of the I mean, I've, I've heard of the programme, yeah, but I don't really know who they are musically. So yeah, so they are a indie rock band from, I think they're from Chicago. I'm about 99% sure uh, they're from Chicago. Um, they always they sell out gigs whenever they come over. They're quite young, they're about 18, 19. They always sell out their gigs over here, but they tend to play places like the Scala or, um, or you know, some of the smaller venues. Um, and yeah, I think they're about five albums in now. And the sound's kind of evolved from, um, I guess, quite sort of scratchy indie rock to kind of more of a, a kind of fuller widescreen sound, I think is the, the music journalism cliche. Uh, and then I guess finally, Rose Eleanor Dougal, who I think I have mentioned to you before. You have. She was in Long Blondes. No, no try in? again. So she was in the Pipettes. Pipettes, So the Pipettes it. were a um, deliberately rubbish, I think they were deliberately rubbish, rubbish, um, kind of all-girl group, kind of a pastiche of 60s all-girl groups, I guess, that were put together by some shadowy Svengali, probably about 10, maybe 10 years ago now. Um, and they used to have these kind of novelty songs that would do We Are The Pipettes, and they'd be, you know, synchronised dance moves to it, and they'd all wear polka dot dresses, as would all the kind of 
people in the crowd. So when, As would all of us girls when we used to listen to it. My One of my really good friends, um, when we were, gosh, 18 years old, used to go out to indie discos and just all wear, all dress like the perpetual. So it'd be all that. The, it'd be all that. Yeah, with all the haircuts and the and the, the polka dot dresses. In fact, we called ourselves along the same lines. We, we DJ'd a few times at indie nights and we called ourselves the Scarlets because we liked the colour red. But it was kind of along the same theme as, as the pipettes. Yeah, it, was, it was definitely of the time. Well, anyway, she's a serious musician now. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I've been kind of a fan of her stuff for probably for about the last five, six years. Um, All right. I'll and, have to go and give it a listen. Yeah, there's some newer stuff that's come out uh, recently. She worked with Mark Ronson on his Business International stuff as well. That's All right. That stuff's pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't heard Rose Ellen Dougal, what would I describe it as? I guess mature indie rock, but I would probably... <laughs> Would would describe her sound she's now. Grown up. She's grown up. She's matured. Definitely, 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 all those kind of slightly sexist cliches, yeah. And then in terms of uh, top songs, I've already mentioned Beach House is in there, Cabbage is in there, Arctic Monkeys. Uh, top song, I was quite surprised when I saw this in there, but I must have put it in a load of playlists. It's called She Works Out Too Much. Awesome. And it's by MGMT. So oh, everyone right. remembers MGMT yeah, from yeah. the days of kids and yep, yep, um, yep. Time to Pretend and all that sort of stuff. They kind of made a quiet comeback this year. Um, and the, one of the best tracks on that is a song called She Works Out Too Much. It's about uh, someone who's constantly on Instagram, someone who's kind of, you know, it's, I guess it's a bit of a modern cliche almost of um, taking the piss out of people who are kind of social media obsessed. Mm-hmm. But it's just, got, it's just got a really kind of catchy chorus, catchy melody. Um, and one of the best things they've done, but I don't think it's kind of wide, that widely known that they're even back, if you know what I mean. Is it different to what they used to sound like? Because I, I liked it, and I think there was a time and place for that, and I really, I really, really, really loved their first album. But um, I don't know if I'd like to go and listen to it again if they tried to come back. So it's like Jungle. I know we were talking about Jungle earlier than this year, and I really loved their first album. And they, they brought their second album out this year, and, and I just it, it fell a bit flat for me because they'd essentially rehashed their idea of what they did yeah, with the first I, album I have, and made other songs that sound similar that aren't that catchy. I have mixed feelings on that Jungle album since you bring it up in that I totally hear what you're saying. I mean, that, that first album to me was the sound of Shoreditch Balcony Barbecues about five, <laughs> six years ago, right? And but they've returned to that formula. They haven't really changed the formula. And you listen to it and it sounds like a, like a period piece, if you know what I mean. It yeah, sounds yeah. like um, like a pastiche of what was going on years ago. <laughs> but sometimes I think you ha- I have that internal conflict of Sometimes you've got to take away the context of that being a second album and listen to it for what it is, which is an album. Yeah. And, and listen to it for what it is as an album. It's actually very good. It's only when you go, yeah, but isn't this what they were doing five, six years ago? Well, it's what not have about they been that, doing? But it's hard when you're comparing it to songs that you really, really like and you really thought were very good. And I saw them live the first time around. And now I just think, if I saw them live and they did the new songs, I just would think this they're just not as good as the first time around. It's not... It's, I'm not saying it or thinking in a snobby way, and I never really do that or think that. I, I just think about it in terms of would this would this be catchy? Would I play this as a one-off song when I'm walking down the street thinking, oh, I know I'm going to play that song? Probably not. So that's what I was saying, thinking about. And then I guess finally for me, best gig I went to this year. Again, you're not going to be surprised by this because before I went, you took the mick out of me for being excited for going. <laughs> you predicted how I was going to emotionally react to the songs, but it was Beach House at the Troxy, but for a quite a specific reason, I guess. A, as I mentioned on previous episodes, I'd never seen them live before, even though kind of one of my favourite bands. And then B, I guess the, the nervousness I had around seeing them live was could they recreate the sound of their album, especially because they're a, they're a two-piece. You know, they do have extra members when they play live. Um, and I was kind of amazed at how they did recreate, um, not, I guess not just the sound, but the way the sound was mixed as well, in terms of playing it live. So 
Um, you know, there's been some bands I'm a big fan of, like the Horrors, where they can be very, very hit and miss in terms of really nailing some of the more complex sort of songs that, you know, some of the more complex sounds and songs they've got live. Sometimes I've seen them do it and they've absolutely nailed it. Sometimes it's fallen a bit flat. So that was probably my nervousness around this. And uh, yeah, I, th- I thought it was an amazing show, to be honest. Good. Well, are they are they going to play any more next year? Do you know, or if they kind of do they only come uh, think, out every think, once in a while? Yeah, I think the thing about them though, you never quite know when they're going to come back because you know the last album cycle they had was around Depression Cherry, was the album before this album, but actually it wasn't because then about three months later they brought out a second album, um, Thank You Lucky Stars, which was like a complete surprise where they said, oh, actually we did an album session, we had far more material than we needed, so we're, we're going to put kind of a second one out. And both really good. So, you know, fingers crossed, maybe they catch some stuff back from Seven and they're going to put... You hope so, don't you? Yeah. So let's hear about your year in music. And I think the key thing to say is, this is probably going to sound very different. It's to, so to different. As, as you were saying that, I was just thinking, wow, this is so different. Um, so I've gone on the Spotify thing as well, but then I've also looked at a playlist that I have. Um, I've had probably for a couple of years, actually, and I called it Feels. <laughs> and uh, why did I call it Feels? I think the first song I ever put on this this playlist was Laura Marling soothing a couple of years ago and I think the reason I called it feels was because that song gave me feels <laughs> I hate that yeah no I, don't. I hate and that also, kind of in an, iro- of in an ironic way because I hate that as well when, when people on social media go oh it gives me the feels I'm I hate it but yet so a tip so for I'm the future of, put it in single quote marks then that's people, a good idea people know that you're taking the piss well no one sees it so Okay, well, I'm doing it in inverted commas now. You can't see, but yeah, feels in inverted commas, everybody. Anyway, so let's go to Spotify. Um, The top artists. So I spent 15 hours listening to Blur. Are you surprised at that? Because I well, not not given that we interviewed surpri- yeah. uh, Dave Roundtree on an episode recently. I wasn't no. too surprised at that. Um, I do. I I I know we've talked about the all of the Blair albums, but I, I really do just like the best of, um, because I do think it is, it is. Isn't that a bit of an Alan Partridge quote? Back to classic rock, like uh, Wings. These uh, Wings. They're only the band the Beatles could have been. Well, I love the Beatles. Yeah, so do I. What's your favourite Beatles album then? Tough one. I think I'd have to say the best of the Beatles. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't admit that on here, but I do I, think it's got some. And Tracy Jacks, which we all know, um, <laughs> haunts me at night. Yeah, you can't sleep. <laughs> I can't sleep. Tracy I can't sleep without singing Tracy Jacks in my head, and it just. It, I think that song is going to send me to insane one day. But well, it's interesting you talk about Blur and you particularly enjoying the best of Blur because <laughs> uh, I think through us doing that episode on Blur a few few weeks ago, um, I've really got into Think Tank, probably like the. The um the album the blur the blur album I had a blind spot on because it was the one where Graham Coxon wasn't on it the sessions were apparently you know really fraught Fatboy Slim was on there it didn't go particularly well and then they split up afterwards so mate, I'd almost had a blind spot on the album so I've gone back to it and I really like it I really enjoy yeah. it it's like uh, it's through this podcast I've rediscovered I'm not even rediscovered I've discovered music that maybe I'd overlooked yeah it's good um and other ones we've got, I've well I've got on there um Bonobo. So I don't know if you know too much about Bonobo. Um, I actually didn't hear about Bonobo until I went over to Australia and I was working in a restaurant and they played, I think we played Black Sands, um, the 2010 album, literally every single service, probably about two or three times. So I got to know that album very well. And now for me, when it comes on, and I do play it quite often, it's kind of a bit more of a nostalgic 
I have to be in a, a special certain mood for it and um, it's a thinking album so I'll put it on when I really want a good think about stuff um, uh, and I just love it and I think that'll be one of my classic all-time favourite albums forever. So and Bonobo that- obviously I'm aware of but um, when I think of Bonobo I think of the, the kind of trendies that I uh, not trendies in the kind of 90s sense but like the the, the too cool for school types yeah, would all, always what? name drop people like Bonobo but I think the thing is as well like every time I walk into a cool hipster cafe I hear Bonobo which is what I don't like about it but I still really I, you know, I, I don't think about it in that sense I really like I really like the music it's my thing um, and it's very emotive and I just really love it um, another one that's on there is Subtract and you know I'm quite surprised that these are on my top artists for this year because these are artists that I've been listening to for a long long, long time so Subtract mm. um, their first album is again one of my all time favourite albums um, they worked a lot with Sampha who's an incredible vocalist won the Mercury Prize last year um, was it last year or was it the year before? It was last year. Yeah, it was last year. Um, and I want to really get him on the show as well. So hopefully at some point we'll be able to have a chat to him. Um, but yeah, subtract that album is just like from start to finish. It just really, it's just, just I don't know. Does, is it a journey? Does, does something to, to my brain and yeah, it just makes me happy and it's just very inspiring. Does it um, give you feels? No, not in that. No, it doesn't really give. That's not on the feels playlist. Interestingly, I think the difference between I can't really describe to describe the difference between that and feels. Um, but I'll, I'm going to tell you some songs from my feels playlist in a minute. Um, another one on there is Anderson Pack. I'm gutted because I missed out on Anderson Pack tickets next year. Um, he is playing Alexandra Palace, and I put a note, I put um, a reminder in my phone and everything. It was a Friday morning, nine a.m. I got it on the bus. Was like, I'll do that when I'm in the office, and then forgot, and then it sold out. So I'm very upset with myself. Um, hopefully, you, know, never, you never know, I could be wait outside and see if I can get a tactic. Get on those secondary me. ticket sites. Oh, no, don't. No, don't. Well, no, you're not meant no, to. No, you're not to promote um, Top songs, Everything Goes My Way by Metronomy. I'm not surprised at that because I think oh, that's one of those songs that I always go to. I uh, just love it. It reminds me of being on holiday. Um, I'm a big fan of that. Are you? Re- really big fan of that. You might be surprised. That's one. I mean, that won't appear on my top songs list, but I bet that's probably in the top. Maybe 50, 30. I particularly like the bit at the end where the music completely fades out and it's just to the it's just the two vocals. Yeah. Another unexpected one, and I don't you probably won't even have heard of this one, it's called Rain Bargain and it's by Todd Terrier. Have you heard of Todd Terrier? Know the name. So he's one of my favourites. So his um, Eurodance song in, oh God, I can't remember the year now, but probably about a decade ago, um, was one of my all-time favourite festival song moments. Um, and he is just a fantastic DJ. Um, it's also Prince Thomas, actually, on this song. But it's one of those... It reminds me of like sitting on a train, looking out of a window. It's kind of very slow. It's got a good beat to it. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's on one of my top songs what i did find funny as well actually is do you know what my can you have a guess at what my top genre was on spotify probably house acid house <laughs> no i'm actually quite embarrassed by this go on dance pop dance pop yeah to be fair <laughs> dance pop your yeah, favorite but... musical subgenre is dance pop yeah but dance pop can mean a number of dance pop could mean aqua but dance pop could also oh my mean god the more commercial end yeah, of but house don't... Well, yeah, and that's exactly what it is because of my marathon training. So I tend to listen to that kind of music when I'm doing marathons. Um, so it doesn't surprise me, but yet still, it's I wouldn't want to be defined by that by any by any stretch well, of the imagination. No, oh, I know I have been. Here we go. Anyway, right. Let's 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 just 
zoom through these ones because I do want to give these um, artists a bit of a name drop because of, these are artists that I've um, discovered this year and they've been put onto my inverted commas feels list because I just thought they were really, really good. I haven't done too much digging into them, um, to be honest, but I do have Songkick, the app, and I do see when they're now going to come and play in London. So I always keep my ear to the ground on that. So next year, I'll hopefully be doing a lot more of that. This year, I, I haven't. I've taken a bit of a break from it, but next year, we'll be back on it again. Anyway, Jasmine Jasmine Sullivan, Silver Lining. I'm just going to rock through these. Um, disclosure, feel like I do. Ray Black, My Hood. She was supporting Rudimental and I walked in on the last song, which happened to be My Hood. And I was Always frustrating when you do that, isn't it? When you see when you see a support band and you think, oh, I've only had seen the start But of I knew set. her before, this thing. I've known her for so long, but I didn't know she was supporting until I got there and I, just mm. at the end song. But her voice is, the tone of her voice is incredible. I absolutely love it. Um, Lady, Money, and that's something um, that's come uh, as a recommendation from Giles Peterson, who is a musical god in my eyes. Um, Oliver Arnold. So this is a, uh, this is a song Song, um, that I listened to when I was at yoga and I shazammed it on my watch because I've got an Apple watch and um, brilliant song go and listen to it uh, Fatima she's an artist that um, I want to mention because her voice is absolutely incredible she's not doing Fatima. no not Fatima Fatima, Fatima she's okay. doing she's doing kind of modern soulful kind of R&B um, she's from Sweden she's she's crazy she's brilliant her live show she's very funny she's almost like a bit of a stand-up comedian when she's when she's on show as well uh, on stage as well and her song only um, was the first song that Giles Peterson ever opened his show up like three or four times in a row every week um so if you can go and find that their song only if you go on youtube it it's absolutely insane it reminds me of a james bond theme tune song i wouldn't be surprised if one day she did something like that um ah uh, there's just too many um crazy p eruption uh natalie prass uh, oh my um unknown mortal orchestra swim and sleep um and yeah, get, get, I guess as well, I want to tell you about my Shazam. So the interesting thing about Shazam is the first one I ever Shazam this year is Erasmus in the Shadows. Can you remember that song? Terrible. don't know where I was, Terrible. why I was Shazamming it, but I did. So sometimes I Shazam songs that I know that I want to remember, um, but I hadn't gone back to it until today. Probably my most interesting Shazam of this year is um, I was on Oxford Street and oh, Oxford Circus after a night out. London's Oxford Circus. London's Oxford circus as opposed to what other Oxford circus? So the circus in <laughs> circus Oxford. In, okay yeah great um, and I was passed by a group of um, young Eritrean people and felt like friends in a friendship group who had a, um, a, a big speaker with them and they were playing this song and I thought oh that sounds really cool what is that and this is why I love Shazam because I got it I got my phone out and just kind of like really discreetly put Shazam on and it picked it up straight away and it's some um, an artist called Semha Johannes and the song is Ere. Um, so I would go just go and find it and listen to it because it's brilliant and it's I can't I don't really know how to describe it but it's definitely um, very upbeat and, and cool. And another one I shazammed recently um, is Peggy Goo and she's definitely going to get a shout out from me because she's like a really up and coming emerging amazing sort of house um, DJ uh, and she's got a really good song called Goo Talk. So yeah, do, do you use Shazam? Right. Uh, very, very rarely, to be honest. I unless do. this is something like an advert that I want to know what that is. I remember once being in a bar and hearing a song, and then what? What the hell is this? And it turned out to be Dutch Uncles, the Manchester band. So then I kind of got into them through that. But otherwise, no, I, it's not something I use that often. Probably usually because I usually know what the song is. That's why because I usually I can usually figure out what it is. Or I've got this weird 
quirk, probably again from my music journalism days, where I can hear a song, and even though I've never heard it before, or probably never heard the artist before, I've probably read about a band, and I can probably guess that that's who it is, based on what the article said they sounded like. But even when, so the, re, the, the times I do it is when I'm out. So generally when you're out, you're going to places that you haven't really been before or, or they're catering to an audience that might not be the sort of music that you listen to. That's when I tend to do it. Like if I'm listening to Six Music or, you know, something else that I listen to normally, I, d- I probably wouldn't need to do it. But I, what I'm talking about is when I'm in places, unexpected places, and I do find myself in quite a lot of unexpected places, as we know. <laughs> um, that's when I tend to do it. I we have, we have very different social lives. We've got so very I different think, social lives. It's unlikely I'm going to hear this stuff in Ashford Weatherspoons. Like <laughs> no. Well, you never know. Um, but also, just one more thing before we move on to the Christmas songs I wanted to mention is that amazing um, piece that Lauren Laverne did with Write On a few weeks ago on her radio show. Um, and I was messaging Rick at 11am saying, oh my God, it feels like I'm in a nightclub. This set with Write On and Carlo was just kind of, that made my year. Um, just kind of knowing that it's still out there and there's still music happening and uh, being made that still inspires me in the way that it did all those years ago and that's the reason why I got into kind of music. So Lovely. I've just done a bit of a monologue there, sorry. But yeah, that was like, that was cool to go through all of that again. Before we go into the Christmas songs, I did remember one element of my Spotify rap that I didn't talk about, <laughs> which is the first song I played of the year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which was uh, What Can I Do by The Course. <laughs> what are you doing at New Year? But, but that's the thing, there's a good, there'll be a good reason for this. So I, reckon, I, was, I remember being at a New Year's party uh, last year, well, say that, this year, a new, no, last year, because it was the 31st be the 31st of December. Um, and I reckon we're probably at that stage in the night where we were just putting joke songs on. <laughs> yeah, so that's probably yeah. why. Yeah, that yeah. What can I do to make you feel good? Oh. <laughs> Unless the lights have been turned down low. Do, this do, is one for all, the, for all the couples in the house. <laughs> yeah. We're going to slow it down oh, a little bit. That's brilliant. But mine was Drake One Dance, so it's not quite... And I don't know why that is, because I don't particularly love Drake. And also, the songs I do like by Drake definitely... One Dance isn't a part of that, so I don't know what was going on. Maybe that was a mistake, a slip of the finger. I'm surprised Hotline Bling wasn't in my songs, well, to be honest. me too, because I've played that so many times. It's a song that, I'm surprised that wasn't, if I was listening to Drake, I would have been listening to Hotline Bling, I'm sure. Especially at New Year, anyway. Especially given I'm famed for singing it as well. <laughs> we'll do that another time. <laughs> um, right, so that's probably our year in music wrapped up. <laughs> You are famous for singing it. Rick, we made Rick sing Hotline Bling uh, at drinks once, and uh, it, it was absolutely. It's in my range. It's it was, one of the few songs. It was in his in range, range, but yeah. Only well, Justin range. Only <laughs> Justin. Um, so that's probably our year in music wrapped up. Uh, this being our Christmas um, Christmas episode. Why don't we talk about our favourite Christmas songs just to kind of wrap up the year and, and wrap up the series. And we've, had a little, we've had a little bit of an argument about this off air, haven't we? We have, but, but I don't think you know what I'm going to say now. Uh, we both wanted, there were two songs that were going to be at the top of our list, so Rick's stolen one of them. And I'll, let him, I'll let him they have, have it, yeah, different. they have to be different. Um, but then I really went away and had a, a better think about it and used to think and thought about what we used to play at home when I was younger and growing up and um, I thought about it from that perspective rather than just what I like on the radio at the moment but you go first because I've just rambled on about my year okay so I thought we could go one by one so we won't go one by one we'll go I'll do one you do one go on on, we'll mix it up a little bit so I want to talk about fairy tale of New York first yeah I do think it is um, 
think when I think I think probably the common thing among among all the songs on my on my list for Christmas. Uh, this I think this would be a great song, kind of regardless of being about Christmas. Even though yes, there are lyrical references to the bells ringing out on Christmas Day. But I kind of wanted to raise this, I guess, because there's been a lot of controversy um, about this. So I'm going to tell you what I think of the controversy around the use of the word faggot. In, in the song, which obviously yeah. has got kind of derogatory, homophobic um, connotations. But equally, um, if you do a bit of research on this, there's also um, kind of Irish slang as well for something nothing to do with, with kind of homosexuality and being kind of lazy and that sort of thing. And I guess this is almost a theme of this year for me, a theme of kind of modern life. And this is where I'm going to start sounding like a, a grumpy <laughs> old geezer. But um, we can't keep going back and policing things of the past. You know, and what I'm not saying there is that, you know, say you've got films that were quite obviously racist, you go, well, we can still watch racist old films because that was just of the time. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, you know, if we're to now go through kind of the last 30, 50, 100 years of culture and start picking out the bits that now don't fit with, with quite a um, right-on narrative, and I'm, I'm by no means right-wing, you know, I'm not... I'm not hard left wing either but you know this idea that we can start going back and policing stuff and saying well this Christmas song that everyone's loved for 25 years or whatever you now can't listen, yeah, you to, now it. Can't listen to it because because the modern the kind of the, kind of the way that the word um, why can't they just bleep it out well that, that's what's happened that's what started happening do you know actually. what and now you said that I don't think I've heard that song this year yet do you what think do you it's maybe been well now you've said that I haven't, really, well, I haven't thought about it because I don't really think about Christmas Christmas songs but I have listened just being in situations to a fair few Christmas songs on the radio this year, and I haven't heard it yet. Interesting. I, I just feel like snowflakes are spoiling it a little bit because there is absolutely no way this song was written in a kind of homophobic way. And I have, you know, I'll probably get criticism for, for saying this, and I have got, um, you know, friends on Facebook or, you know, old colleagues who, um, who, you know, and it's probably fair to, you know, you probably have to say this at this point, that are homosexual who say that they find it offensive. So you kind of, you have got to factor in that people are offended by it, but equally, I think where does it end? Where where do you stop with 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 going and, and you know sanitizing? And especially in this case, the key thing for me is that it wasn't written as a homophobic uh, insult mm. in the song itself. It was written as Irish slang. So that 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 for me is kind of a key difference. And it's a great record. You know, it's a great kind of call and response between Shane McGowan and Kirsten McCall. Um, it is a great record. And it's a classic. It's a classic. It's one of those ones where. You- it's good to kind of watch your family members slurring around when they're too drunk to move. And it just kind of, that's, that to me is the song that fits that point of the night at Christmas. So what's on your list? What's the first one on your so list? The first one on my list, and I think you might be surprised by this, is um, Bing Crosby. So we had the Bing, we had kind of all the Rat Pack albums when I was growing up. Um, as, as well as actually, the thing that got played most in my house was Gregorian Chant. Have you ever heard of that before? Heard of it? What is it again? Like choir singing, Gregorian choir singing in churches. My dad used to put it on every year and I used to hate it. Um, So that to me is Christmas, but thank God I don't have to listen to that anymore. But he also did have the Bing Crosby Christmas album. And um, I've got two favourite songs from it. So Frosty the Snowman. And it's just a really lovely, upbeat, happy song. Uh, I know all the words, obviously. Um, And Little Jack Frost Get Lost as well. That's one of my favourites. I've got too many, sorry. But Bing Crosby, but White Christmas. So the the first time I ever heard this song, and this is a bit of a weird way to first hear a song, I was buying a Christmas card for my friend when I was about seven, six or seven years old. And it had the White Christmas CD in it. Mm. And I went home and I put it on and I just fell in love with it. And 
I played it over and over. I don't even think I gave it a card because I was like, I like this so much. I'm just going to continuously play it time and time again. So I would have to say out of those three, White Christmas by Bing Crosby. Quite nostalgic, isn't it? It is, it is. Number two for you? Um, So Slade's Merry Christmas, everybody. And again, as I said before... And this was going to be mine, everybody. But Rick, but I, said it for, I said it before you said it, and I'm you cl- stole I'm it off me. I'm well, fine, whatever. <laughs> because what, but what, I guess what I like about this is that strip away the Christmas lyrics, you know, which all the lyrics are about Christmas, really. It's it's kind of a classic glam rock song of that era, so it kind of sounds of its era. You know, the era of T Rex and Bowie and, and Mark Bolan, the you know the era of, of T Rex and David Bowie, uh, and I guess Slade as well, who were kind of a big part of of that era. And I guess as a child, when it, I, I, I guess this. I was thinking about this before, what this evokes for me. It's almost like evokes, so this is going to sound odd, but like when I was a child watching things like Only Fools and Horses and them having quite simplistic Christmases because it was the days before mobile phones, laptops, that sort mm, of thing. Yeah. This idea that, you know, on Christmas Day, you go down the nag's head, that's playing in the background. Um, yeah, it's almost. I guess it's almost like a, it evokes kind of almost uh, a time before I was even able to really be kind of fully aware of what was going on. Um, Around me, and it is—it is just a—it is just a great record, you know. And even that kind of Noddy Holder screaming, "It's Christmas!" You know? <laughs> go on, have a go. It's Christmas. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> great, thank you for that. I wish I'd have got that on film. And your next choice? My next choice. Sorry, I've got a few on this list. No, it's this really has hard. to just be one. I know it will be one. It will be one. Um, it will be. Driving home for Christmas. <laughs> right, so this is one we totally disagree on. This is one so, we totally disagree on. Tell me why this is a good record. Um, I I just think it's quite, you know, easy, ploddy along. Like, I think I've heard it. I don't know. I just like it. I can't tap to toe in tailback. Because it's just quite cute, a cute song. <laughs> I guess there's probably two, two issues I've had with this. Number one, I only learned to drive a couple of years ago. Oh. So... For me, it would always have been getting the train home for Christmas. In fact, now I've got three problems with this. Number I've never one, driven home for Christmas, FYI. Yeah, well, number two, driving now home for Christmas, if you are going to drive home, it is, it is mayhem on the road. Oh, so, exactly. so it's not an enjoyable thing. You know, this this song makes it sound like, you know, you're kind of doing that thing in a, in a film where they're kind yeah, of moving yeah. the steering wheel. And I think that's why I like Looking it. out the window, yeah. you know, waving to people. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, not, not, that's not the reality. <laughs> well, you're taking things too literally again. This is a song that was created probably in a time that that actually did happen. So basically, your argument about fairy tale in New York, I could I have the same argument about this song. It was written at a time where it didn't really matter, and now it's different. So how can you? You're now one of the haters because of because of something <laughs> I'm, that I'm was completely modern, modern. That was something that was completely. Um, you know, you, inconceivable back then that they wouldn't. How would they have been able to look into they the future? They couldn't know without that, Google Maps and ways. Also, he does say top to toe in tailbacks, so maybe it does. Maybe, well, true, maybe. true. Tap to toe in tailbacks. I also have, an, I guess, I have an issue around this concept of going home for Christmas as well, because going home for Christmas to me means going to the place that I live throughout the year, and I've got this issue with grown adults. Grown adults who I work with, who I've worked with down the years. What, what are you doing for Christmas? I'm going home. What you mean? You're going to the flat you live in? Oh no, I'm going back to my parents' house. That's not home. Home is where you live home is most where the of the heart year. Is, no, home is where you live most of the year. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, this is why Christmas just baffles me. Uh, Christmas is such a baffling time of year. It's very stressful. It's hard work. Go away, go away, kids. So this, so this is my final choice. Probably fits in with that. 
an angry mood, which would be yeah. Killing in the Name by Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> is that a Christmas song? Well, this is the thing. It, it was Christmas number one, wasn't it, in 2009? Oh, I, I didn't know that. I can't believe you didn't know about this story. No. So, um, I jo- also love this song, by the way. Joe McEldry was the X Factor winner that year, and there was a guess, kind of a groundswell of opinion that every year the X Factor winner just gets... Just gets the Christmas number one. It's it's predecided. That's what that's what it's going to be. So a couple of fans set up a campaign on Facebook to get the most unChristmas song they could think of. So "Killing in the Name" by Rage Against the Machine to number one. Rage Against the Machine at the time weren't even active as a band, so they were inactive. I think they'd split up, in fact. And um, campaign got loads of publicity. In the end, they won, and they won by kind of a landslide. Um, as well, Simon Cowell was annoyed. Was genuinely annoyed. Do you know what? About I do it. remember this. Now you've said it, I do remember it. That's amazing. I completely forgot all about that. Well, it was nine years ago now. That's the, that's the scary thing. It was nine I can't years even ago. I remember nine days ago. Never mind, nine years ago. And then what came about as a result of this is that Rage Against the Machine then did reform and played some big gigs in Hyde Park. and I think it was Hyde Park or Finsbury Park, one of the two. Um, so I guess a, a great kind of story behind that. And also what I loved about this was sometimes you get fans who do like um, campaigns to get songs to number one and the bands don't really care. Whereas Rage Against the Machine kind of enjoyed the fact that they were upsetting the apple cart and, and you know, I guess um, breaking the monopoly in terms of Simon Cowell decides who you know who will be Christmas number one. Oh, yeah, no, and, and, but it doesn't happen anymore. So um, I think that did break the mould and you can't guarantee. In fact, I don't really think that ever happens anymore. Like the X Factor winner is definitely not guaranteed the Christmas number one anymore. I don't think the Christmas number one, and maybe we're going to come on to this later, was... No one really knows what it is anymore, do they? There's not a thing around it, I no. don't think. I, well, I don't, it's not like that's now. due to Spotify and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, Spotify will probably have their most streamed... I don't even know what they do, actually. But it's not, you know, going back to our talk about charts and all that kind of stuff a few episodes ago, it's not the same. The music landscape has completely changed. It's not like we're even sat here now going, well, it could be one of four songs. No, I, I don't even I know. Even know I, I don't even know, I don't even know what it could be. Anyway, my last song is uh, Baby It's Cold Outside. Uh, the Dean Martin version. So you've returned to another con- another controversial one then. Go You'll on. return to the controversy, aren't you? Go on. Well, there's been controversy around this because hasn't it been suggested that he's basically coercing a girl who doesn't want to oh be with him? Oh my God, what is wrong with people? Apparently this is seen as a, as a bit of um, <laughs> sexual coercion. So come on, stick up for it. Um, I just think it's a lovely song. Uh, I think it sounds nice. No, I mean, do you know what? I haven't read that. I don't, I don't particularly don't, I'm, I'm getting a bit angry now. I don't, give a monkeys what people say about things like that um i i think as as you're right in saying it's gone a bit too far a good song is a good song as far as i'm concerned and i'll put it on at christmas i'll never stop listening to it probably in those day in that day and age times are a little bit different not to not saying that they shouldn't it shouldn't have changed the way the world works it has it's good we've got to a good point but I like that song. And I particularly like it because it's in Elf. <laughs> and that's my favourite film. And I think Zoe Deschanel has got an incredible voice. And I think she um, she really shines in that film when she's singing Baby It's Card Outside. And the shower when Will Ferrell kind of goes in and tries to sing along with her. And she always punches him because she's like, what are you doing in here? Um, yeah, so that's that's why. I think I've, I've given a bit of a, a, a um, maybe a little naive, bland Bland reason there, haven't I? But I, I, well, just to return to the point about the controversy, there, I do think there is a line. So for me, I hate Santa Baby, right? Well, I hate that for two reasons. One, an I hate ex Kylie of, Minogue's version. An ex of mine loves that song, <laughs> so whenever I hear that, I'm reminded of of someone I don't want to be reminded of. And for two, that is the oversexualization of Christmas. You know, what you don't want is Father Christmas being turned into basically a sex object by. Um, 
you know, by some woman in, in one of the houses that he's trying to deliver presents to, you know. So for me, that, that is where the line is. That's where modern standards, you know, can come in and, and we can kind of, you know, brush that song to the side. But I guess, yeah, I've, I've always hated that one. Um, is that enough about, have we talked enough about Christmas? I think so. I want to I want to know everyone else's though because this is a good interesting conversation to get into. So we'll, we'll do a few tweets, we'll do a couple of Instagram posts, um, and if you want to get involved, which leads me on to, if you do want to find us on Twitter or Instagram, you can find us at Demo Tapes Pod. You can also email us. People have been emailing us, um, which we always love. It's a good read for us. Um, it's Demo Tapes Pod at gmail dot com, and if you want to give us a Christmas present which we would obviously love you to do, um, you can go to iTunes and A, subscribe, and B, give us five stars, because that's what's going to keep us going. And if you, well, you know, if you like it, why not give us a Christmas present? And not just that, I think, you know, spread the word. Um, best Christmas present I think you could give to anyone this year is a link to our, this, this, <laughs> this series of podcasts. You know, And if you haven't heard our episodes with Arctic Monkeys, Dave Roundtree from Blur, Glass Vegas, The Big Rap Cookbook, which was last week, um, all that sort of great stuff, Johnny Marr, uh, you know, all, all the kind of the 11 episodes that have run up to this. Um, a, I think Christmas is a good time to go back and listen if you've got a bit of spare time. And B, uh, do spread the word because uh, it does help and it helps us with carrying on with doing this, which uh, we are going to do in the new year. Yes, we are. And um, that just leaves us to say um, have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to all of you. Hope you enjoy the festive season. Yeah, Merry Christmas. See you next year.